at wolfproofing.net. Iowa linebacker Jay Higgins, defensive back Cooper DeGene, and punter Tory Taylor all earned first-team All-America honors from the FWAA today. The NFL is reportedly reviewing post-game comments about the officiating made by Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid following the Chiefs' loss to the Bills. It's a Monday night doubleheader in the NFL as the Dolphins host the Titans, hoping to improve to 10-3. and The Packers visit the Giants, seeking a fourth win in a row. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Monday get one of Jethro's world famous meal deals. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Scott Dockerman, he covers the Big Ten and the Hawkeyes for The Athletic, and he joins Trent and I as he does uh, normally every single Monday. We're grateful to that. Doc, Trent, and Ken, thank you as always for coming on. How are you, Scott Dockerman? I'm doing great, guys. I hope you're doing well as well. Absolutely. Uh, off to a terrific start. We'll get to maybe bring up your Bears at some point. <laughs> Trent Condon came in and wearing his Bears stocking cap today. I'm guessing you Bears fans feeling pretty good. You should be. Anyways, Doc, let's uh, let's uh, start football-wise. Uh, three All-Americans from the Football Writers Association, um, DeGene, Higgins, and Tory Taylor, they got the right three. For sure, and, uh, and I'm part of that. Uh, oh, nice. And uh, so... You know, I, I had to, you know, pitch everybody in the Big Ten and, and go through kind of the list of good players. And, you know, and you don't win them all, um, you know, because I, I mean, I'm in charge of kind of the, the Big Ten. But, but I thought that those three were clearly deserving uh, for a lot of reasons. And everybody, of course, agrees with T- Tory Taylor. That was a pretty easy discussion. Yeah. And, and Cooper DeGene was as well. But, uh, but then as far as uh, when, when you're looking at, at Jay Higgins, he was, uh, uh, you know, had so many tackles, it was just hard to ignore. And I think when you look at the defense and, you know, to be second in the country in average yards per play allowed and yet play so many plays in a season, somebody's deserving of that. And he's been the, the real heart and soul of this program. No doubt. Let me pick your brain a little bit on this. I didn't realize that was the process that uh, that you guys went through. So is it kind of like, you know, Hall of Fame Saturday type of thing when somebody gets up and and uh, makes a case for their candidate type, uh, type of thing? Is that what you were doing on behalf of the Big Ten, Scott? Yeah, a lot. Of, in some ways it is because, uh, you know, we have, you know, usually two reps per conference, and it's me and Angelique Chingales. Uh, from the Detroit News, who who handles the Big Ten, and then so for every Power Five conference, there's two t- two voters per conference, and then the the other group of five ones have one, and then we have a bunch of at larges as well, and so we just go around and um, we you know for each position and mention who we nominate for All American. I mean, and it's kind of hard because there are so many uh, deserving players, but you know somebody you might say, well, they're not quite first team. 
then they're not even worth discussing because sometimes even guys you think are first team don't even enter that really that vote. So, uh, but it's it's a challenge. But you know, and then they're you know, luckily you know for me over the years, you know, Will McDonald was a first team All FWAA guy a couple of years ago, and I got to see him play, so I was able to kind of lend some perspective outside the Big Ten, and and so I, I think overall, uh, you know, it's been very beneficial to be on that committee. Well, speaking of a guy like Jay Higgins, there is still an opportunity mm. for him to come back for another year in a Hawkeye uniform. He's not alone. A lot of guys, Sebastian Castro, have that opportunity still in front of them. You wrote last week at The Athletic about the numbers crunch. Iowa, very involved a year ago in the transfer portal. Doesn't feel like, at least right now on the surface, they're going to have the same kind of roster flexibility they had a year ago. Is that a fair path to go down, Doc? Sure. I mean, they got... I think I, I've counted it up. 84 scholarships yep. are, are pretty much secure, counting the incoming class and everybody else back. And then you've got, I think it's nine players that have the opportunity to return if they want it or at least get a waiver to try to return. And and uh, then you've got a couple of holes, you know, really that they need to, to look at strongly to fill in the portal. So um, I think overall, you know, they've, they've got to figure out how to – how do they manage this? Uh, you know, and it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some tough decisions. There's probably a, a couple of players that I would say who are uh, close to, um, you know, been injured for a couple of years that might get looked at as far as medical scholarships. Mm. There's probably a couple others that you probably look at and you get, you got, you know, you kind of nudge them in that direction. This happens everywhere. This sure. is Iowa. You know, this is more of a, you know, hey, you're entering your fourth year and yet you're, not even elevated off the scout team, and we've got guys coming in who are probably going to beat you out. You have the, those really strong conversations to ensure that they understand where they where they uh, sit on the depth chart. So I think that's probably what Iowa's doing right now. I'm sure everybody else is as well, and it's going to be a real interesting uh, rest of the month and probably now post-January uh, 1st. Have they announced Tory Taylor's replacement yet? The word is apparently, Doc, that they know who it's going to be. It's getting at the same place they found Tory Taylor. But at least uh, going into the weekend, I don't believe we had a name. Do you know? I don't, I don't know his name. Uh, I know it's a pro kick. In Australia, because they, they like that style of, mm-hmm. of hunting, and that's why they elected to go that route, say, than than go after somebody in, in Minneapolis who's a uh, you know an Iowa fan and one of the top hunters in the country. But uh, so you know, but it, it, the, the program can't announce their name anyway um, until they sign. Oh, sure, so it, good point. You know, they got to wait until yep. they sign. But you know, so we still got about nine days before that happens. Yeah, was it the twentieth or the twenty first? Twentieth, I think. Yeah, yeah, a week from Wednesday. So, in the portal shopping area, X wide receiver, mm, linebacker, depending on Higgins, and maybe even a Nick Jackson, I mean, cornerback, potentially, what do you think are at the top of the shopping list right now with those limited numbers for Iowa in the portal? You know, it, it really depends on who comes back. I mean, let's, let's say linebacker. If Jay Higgins decides, I want to run it back one more year, then you're pretty good. You don't really need anybody there. If a uh, tight end, if uh, both, if one of Lachey and or Eric all decide, you know what, I'm going to come back, then you don't have to worry about that either. But if you have, um, if say both Lachey and all go for the NFL, then you probably are going to need another tight end. Um, right now, I would say wide receiver does need somebody. Now, can you convince anybody to come? That's a question altogether. But, but uh, you know, you're going to have to figure that out. I'd say quarterback is interesting. You know, for me, 
you know, my preference would be try to grab somebody who's maybe had a year or two at a place and, and maybe they got passed up. Maybe they've got some potential, but didn't quite live up to potential so far. I don't know, something like that to battle for the number two spot. But, you know, again, that all depends on what Marco Lainez's development has been like for me. So, you know, there's just a lot of choose your own adventures here with the <laughs> portal. But, but I think, you know, solidifying who's going to be on the bus and who's not is probably where they really need to start. Uh, and now Kirk apparently is uh, beginning the interview process with who's going to coach those guys on, on offense skill-wise. Uh, offensive coordinator interviews have begun, Doc. Is that your understanding? Yeah, I know they've had several discussions even going into the the championship weekend, and I know over the last week, you know, there have been more discussions. Whether they've been interviews, I'm not 100% sure, but I do know that, you know, they've had those discussions. It, it would behoove Iowa to find out who that is very soon, but also, um, you know, it's it's not as big of a rush, I think, that people want to make it to be because they just don't have the numbers in the portal. You know that that they just don't have the number of scholarships available. Last year was would have been imperative because you needed because they went and got a quarterback and everything. Well, they've got that. So if you know you get down to it, and I mean, let's face it, there's no four star walk in the door all American caliber wide receiver that's going to pick the University of Iowa. They're just <laughs> not if they're smart anyway. Doc, <laughs> one of the more surprising things at the end of the season, I think almost everybody anticipated. One of those three running backs yeah. that we saw this year was going to enter the portal. Not the case there. How surprised were you by that? And depending on, obviously, who the coordinator is going to be, what's kind of the game plan? We see Caleb Johnson, when he's right, when he's healthy, is as talented probably as the guy that they have. But LaShawn Williams had a bunch of big carries this year. You can see Jazzyon Patterson had the big game against Iowa State. They all have different varying degrees of, of goodness, if you will. How do you think this is going to play out going forward with all those three guys looking like they're going to return? Well, I'm not going to predict one will leave, but I'll tell you this, that, I mean, once they go through bowl prep and then get into a bowl game and, you know, one has, you know, somebody like LaShawn has 15 carries, somebody else like Caleb has five and, and maybe Jazz has three, then, you know, thoughts may change. I mean, sure. you know, the one thing is they're still on campus. They still, uh, they're still in bowl prep. They're thinking ahead. Um, once you get out and we get removed from the bowl game and you're done, that's when thoughts start to swirl. So I, I don't think that this portal process is done. I don't think that this is all they're going to have. My guess is once they get around their family, after they finish bowl prep, after they finish the bowl game, that's when we'll see probably a little bit more attrition. And and uh, and then I'm not predicting any of them, you know, because mm-hmm. they they I think they have two talented true freshmen who played quite a bit this year too. Uh, but I just. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, let's say, that if one or two decides to uh, leave. Has bowl preparation started yet, Doc? With the team? Yeah, yeah, they were starting it on Friday or Saturday. I can't remember which was the first day, but they were giving them most of the week off other than a meeting, and then they were going to start kind of going through some workouts over the weekend and kind of letting the the older, more veterans – kind of sit on the sidelines and and let everybody else kind of, you know, mash it up a little bit. Definitely contrasting styles as we look ahead to the bowl game against Tennessee. Remember the last time that the Hawkeyes saw the Volunteers? It was a offseason that led to a whole lot of change. Jake Rudock transferring to Michigan. Bethard inserted into the as the starter. And then, of course, 2015 happened after that in the 12-0 regular season. I don't know how much work you've done on Tennessee, but just the pace that they play at, 
there's a chance this Iowa defense could be on the field a very long time. What do you see when you take a peek forward to the bowl game? Haven't paid a whole lot of attention to that, Trent, because I've kind of worked on some other things over the week, uh, more bigger picture bowl stuff, But and that's beyond Iowa. Uh, but I'll tell you, I think it's a contrast styles and i think it's gonna be really fascinating it can work the other way though too mm-hmm. because they are such an up-tempo team three incompletions against this defense they could be on the field a lot too and mm-hmm. Iowa's going to try to use that hammer approach and 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 they've ran the ball effectively against you know a lot of opponents i mean they've hit on the hundred yard mark on uh what nine they're nine to zero again when they run for 100 yards so they're very capable of doing that against tennessee and if that's the case then they'll be able to, to not really worry about uh, being on the field a lot. In fact, they can kind of turn them over and have three plays in 48 seconds, and then Iowa can go on a four or five play, uh, minute drive. So I don't think it's, uh, you know, but it, I'll tell you what, it'll be challenging and it'll be really fun to watch because I really enjoy contrasting styles, and this is certainly it. Uh, Caitlin Clark is probably going to hear her name first in the upcoming WNBA draft, assuming uh, she decides that she wants to enter and not come back for her uh, final year at the University of Iowa, the COVID year. Uh, Doc, what? Uh, how difficult a decision will th- this be for her? Apparently, uh, she um, asked to go along on some of the recruiting trips with Bluter uh, and Jensen, only to be told that that's against the NCAA rules. So I don't know if she wanted to you know, just be in the room and come play with me or... You know, look, uh, she's selling on behalf of the coaches. Either way, she was very much involved in what the next roster is going to look like, which kind of leads me to pause my stance on, oh, she's as good as gone because the um, the endorsement money is going to do nothing but grow when she goes to the pros. going to be difficult either way, isn't it? Yeah, because she's got such a personal attachment to the program, to the state, and to the Iowa Iowa sports, uh, you know, athletics department. I mean, she is the face of sports in this state, yep. uh, you know, and even more so than the football program is today. And, and, uh, and she's on a very, you know, you could cut off a couple of faces and she's on the Mount Rushmore of Iowa athletics history. So, um, she's got a huge decision to make. I mean, do you continue to be the face of women's college basketball and continue to grow the sport at that level, or do you take your star to the next level and elevate the WNBA? Um, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a difficult decision. No question. I mean, I think in some ways, you know, what's, you know, when she continues to dominate it at this level, do you want to still continue to, um, you know, do you, do you want to make your own, uh, I, I don't know. You, do you want to have bigger challenges? Certainly the WNBA gives you that. So I think, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting decision, but she'll be able to keep all of her, um, endorsements. She'll grow it more. Going to Aaliyah Boston in the post if she's with the Indiana team, yep. uh, I think that'll be uh, that's something that the WNBA would salivate over. No doubt about it, Doc. Well, you were in Carver Hawkeye yesterday for some basketball as the men's team loses their third in a row at the hands of Michigan, a program with their own set of issues. But we're here to talk about some of the Hawkeye issues with you, Doc. Uh, that loss, in the grand scheme of things, look, it's a bad one. It's not a very good Michigan team, but. I want to go first. What was the building like? You know, we see sold out for wrestling, sold out for women's basketball. I had a buddy there about 15 minutes before the game said he wondered if it was going to struggle to get half full. What you saw in just a fan base that seems like there's a lot of free and fatigue out there. 
That's probably fair. Uh, you know, I would say it was a little north of half, uh, probably two thirds full is probably what I would say. But, but when you're talking about a Sunday afternoon and uh, the weather's still okay and uh, it's the Big Ten opener, it's the, really the only home game of uh, showcase game uh, for the early part of the schedule, and to see the building half, you know, two thirds full is is not a good sign for this program. Um, you know, it, it at times it got you know a little. You know, I think the fans were okay at times, but for the most part, it wasn't a real loud environment. And, um, you know, and I think that's probably what we're going to see most of this year. I mean, the, the product on the floor, it's, it's young, it's building. They're going to struggle um, from time to time, and certainly they have last week. So I think this could be a uh, real interesting discussion for for Fran, for, uh, for Beth Getz, for the entire program as to what the future holds, because... You know, it's I'd say stale is probably the fairest description of this program right now. Uh, Doc, last thing you mentioned, Beth Getz. Uh, any timeline that you're aware of as to when they will either remove the interim or find the new athletic director? What timeline uh, are you aware of, if any, Doc? I talked to Beth about that on Thursday, and, and she hasn't been given anything yet. Um, you know, they're starting the process now. Um, it I. If I was to wager just kind of where how these things usually turn out, probably uh, over the after the first of the year is probably when there'll be an announcement. But but Iowa's the most bureaucratic uh, department <laughs> in the country when it comes to this stuff. I mean, you know, instead of just you know, that's why I appreciate somebody like Jamie Pollard. He wants a guy, he gets a guy. You know, <laughs> wants a coach, he gets a coach. Um, at Iowa, well, let's form a committee on a committee to make sure that we have the right committee in place to, to hire somebody. And it just. It, the bureaucracy just drives me up the wall. Until we can get that name and then take it before the committee, then yeah. ultimately decide. Unbelievable. Yeah. Scott Dockerman. Doc, what do you got coming up this week at The Athletic that you would like to share? Yeah, a lot of different bowl stuff. Tomorrow I put together my own 2014 bracket, kind of comparable to the FCS, uh, and how it would shape out if it was an FBS uh, tournament bracket. And then later on this week, uh, I'm writing about uh, the the bowls and how they survive into the future as well as what may happen to the Pac-12 Bowls going forward. So kind of a, a bigger picture week for me. You know, that is a fascinating angle to all this, right, with the Pac-12 Bowls. What happens to them? I know that there's a whole bunch of Big 12 schools that hope that they can inherit some of those uh, destinations. Uh, we shall see, and we'll look for that article and all your work coming up, as we always do with The Athletic. Doc, have a great week. We'll talk to you in seven days. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. All right, thanks. Have a good one. Thank you, buddy. Good to talk to you. Scott Docterman as we check in on the Hawks and the Big Ten. 1225, uh, if you haven't already done so and you'd like to win tickets to see the doubleheader at Wells Fargo Arena, you can head to the Miller & Condon Twitter account. A lot of numbers are already taken. A lot of numbers are already being duplicated. And that's on you uh, because the first person to get the number. And what we're talking about here is combined points in the two Monday night games tonight. There's a doubleheader in Monday Night Football. Total points in both games. Closest without going over. If you think there's going to be 64 and somebody's already taken 64 uh, and you used the hashtag Fuller Dental and so did they, well, they're going to get it because they got the number first. Four tickets, two of them in Section 310, two of them in Section 313. They're all yours. Head to the Miller & Condon Twitter account. You can see the details there. But before you... In, uh, before you Try to claim that number. Make sure that it is still available because the first one to get it, they own it. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Your side. 
Wondering if your roof is showing signs of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget, then get your project done in one day. Wolf Roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments. Let them take care of it for you. Call 515-225-8866 for a free estimate or go online. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on 866 Sky Rizzy to learn more. Tutty's Tavern at 6240 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines is now open and under new ownership. Featuring 50 beers on tap with a huge local selection. Tutty's Tavern is the upscale sports bar you've been looking for. With great steaks, lobster tails, sandwiches, burgers, and an oyster bar with oysters five different ways. Score a touchdown at Tutty's Tavern. 6240 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines under Nikki Haley for president. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 Kicks. And over here, did you see these guys, the Eagles? Did you see the Eagles? No, my parents have gone multiple times. <laughs> it's a, it is a parents' band. Yep. Yeah, uh, soundtrack of, uh, I'm guessing your parents are probably around my age. They are, right? so, yep. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Eagles were fine. They were a group, though. I think most everybody kind of has a phase, right, where you're kind of going back. Going back in the catalog. So you hit the pop stuff early on, and then... Start to find for me, it was the Pearl Jams, the Nirvanas. Mm, okay, okay, this yeah. is starting to talk to me a little bit. Talked about my my rap phase, yes, being gangster up in Osage. <laughs> but what I started not a to go, lot of gangsters coming out of Osage. <laughs> no, no. I'm guessing, right? <laughs> no, not at all. But uh, when I went back, it was Led Zeppelin was my first. Mm. A lot of Led Zeppelin. Really? The Doors. Yeah, those were kind of the ones that I got into. You're when a little I heavier than I was into. Yeah. yeah. So the Eagles were never up there. Uh-huh. Steve Miller banned them very quickly. Ooh, no, no, no. Yeah. That's, that was a little too poppy. So yeah, went a little hard. But Led Zeppelin was my favorite. I still have my first ever T-shirt that I went and ordered from online back it's in. Probably worth some money right now. Well, it doesn't fit anymore. Well, it's probably worth some money. So yes, keep absolutely. It. Old school Led Zeppelin. Yes, with Led the Zeppelin concert for- dates on the back, those. Those are very, those are, yes. uh, they collectors pennies. Absolutely yeah. do. All right. So the NFL from yesterday, what was your biggest, other than the Mahomes thing, which right. we talked about to begin this show? Um, if I would have told you going into the weekend, Zach Wilson's going to go north of 300 yards. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would not have believed right? that. You know, one of my big takeaways from yesterday is, as we talked about two weeks ago, there's only four teams that go in the Super Bowl. And you kept, but what about the Cowboys? Got to put them in, Trent. I'm still at that point. We've seen the Cowboys in the past play really well, have great mm-hmm. stretches, and they're going through a great stretch right now. They sure are the offense. Their defense was always there. The offense is caught up. Yeah. 
and what Dak's doing, uh-huh. and he's playing at a super high level. They're still just thinking back. What to don't that you like about them? My, the Forty Nine game, yeah, yeah, okay. That I can't get past it, and it's it's a stupid hurdle. It's one game of seventeen of them. It's one week. Anybody can pay, play poorly in a week, but I just can't get past that. Now there's a path. Well, they don't have to worry about them until the NFC Championship game, and maybe an upset happens before then, right? And crazy things happen. Right. Niners, right, by the way, they have the one seed as, as of this morning. Yes, they do. That's, I guess, the one thing that I continue to go back with. But just watching this team individually, absolutely this team can win the Super Bowl. And it's I hate the Cowboy conversation that goes down that path because most years it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. This team has all the pieces. They, they really are. I mean, that kicker, for God's sake. Right. 60 yarder, followed it up with a, what's his name? Aubrey? He's Aubrey, a, yeah. He went to Notre Dame. He didn't play football at Notre Dame. He kicked at Notre Dame. Soccer. Mm-hmm. He was a soccer player. Um, what a, what a, what a weapon uh, Brandon Aubrey has become. Are we almost at the point where, if we were put all 32 teams together, mm-hmm. Are you almost at the point where you put San Francisco on a lever by themselves and then start filling in blanks beneath, beneath them? I am. I think so. You saw Baltimore yesterday dinking around with the Rams. Mm-hmm. The Rams, as we've talked about in the past, such a different Better. team with Stafford. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's night and day. Yep. And Cooper Cup's starting to get healthy. That touchdown pass that they had, I don't know if you saw that I early in the game. I didn't see any of that game. It was just, he just threw it up in the air. It looked like, oh, that's incomplete. It's gonna Stafford go did? Yeah, and... Cooper Cup just tracked it down Jeez. on a corner route. It was they have an incredible connection together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Puka doing his thing, mm-hmm. and hopefully he's healthy. And then Williams. The how about Williams running the football? Uh-huh. I thought of it this way: when we look at the race for those wild card spots, if you are the Cowboys or you are Philadelphia or whoever the number two seed is, let's say San Francisco does what we think and they win and they get the one seed. You're the two seed. Who is the last seven seed that you want to see? Who is a seven seed that I can actually give trouble to either the Cowboys or the Eagles? Who comes out of the East in that so scenario? So right now it would be the Vikings or the Packers. Right. And it's right now it's the Packers because they have one last game. Mm-hmm. Do so you're looking those... for a team right below that? Well, who could beat them? I who think could beat the Cowboys? I think it's one of two teams in the NFC West. I think it's either the Rams or the Seahawks with Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Because we know what they can do offensively. They, DK could have a ridiculous performance where, as long as he's not getting personal foul, yeah, he can tossed. get right nine catches for 187 yards and three touchdowns. That wouldn't come as a shock because mm-hmm. that's when everything's right. That's what he can do. That's where I was too. I kept coming back to the Rams. I can just imagine the scenario: the Cowboys finally unseat the Eagles. <laughs> finally, looks like they have, oh. and here come the Rams to town. I know they played earlier this year. It was Brett Rippon was the quarterback in that game. You, right. you cannot connect the dots on that one. And all of a sudden, here comes these plucky little Rams, Sean McVay drawing it up in the sand, coming up with plays, and just like that, Cowboys, out. The day began with the Philadelphia Eagles as the number 1 overall seed in the NFC. They're 5 today. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the playoffs started today, I know it would be late. But uh, they would have to go on the road to take on Tampa, who is a 6-7 and seven football team as of this morning. And this is not anything new. We've talked about through the first two months of the season, though the Eagles run off to the 10-1 and one start, they did not feel like a 10-1 no, team. they don't. They, obviously, we've seen it the last couple of weeks. Neither of last year's Super Bowl participants feel mm-hmm. like they're as good as they were. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The And we saw Rice do his thing at the wide receiver position. Kelsey's lost his step. Yep. He's still excellent. Yep. 
but he has lost his step. Yep, he has. I agree. And you can absolutely it's, see It's that. coming to the end for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's 34. Right. Isn't he about the same age as Gronk? Gronk's been out of the league for three years. Yeah. Came back for a year and he's right back to the booth again. Mm-hmm. That happens. And when tight ends start to dissipate, it happens quickly. You go back in history and remember Ben Coates, a couple of those oh, years sure. that he had? Yeah. Well, you, you saw with Shannon Sharp. Uh-huh. When it happens at that tight end position, I'm sure it's just the beating that they take. Like you're a blocker, the physical toll that that takes, plus all those hits across the middle that you're taking as a tight end. Ben Coates went from a guy that was catching 100 balls a year, and he couldn't get any separation. Antonio and it happened. Gates, in some respects, yes. was the same way. Yes, and he was still athletic mm-hmm. for a tight end, but not that elite-level athleticism that you saw. He, he went into the Chargers' ring of fame yesterday. And you wonder with Kelsey if this... He's still good. But all of a sudden, next year, he comes back and, oh boy. Bigger threat, Eagles or Chiefs, to get back to the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> I think it's the Chiefs. Because of Mahomes? 15. Yeah. And the AFC. It's I, I The agree. 49ers are a behemoth. I think they are too, Trent. I, I don't have that team in the AFC. Right. I, I can't, I can't uh, wrap my arms around Miami. No. Baltimore, yeah, they're a really nice team. Mm-hmm. And I think right now they're probably the team to beat in the AFC because I don't like Jacksonville. Joe Flacco's leading the Brownies for crying out loud. The Steelers don't have a quarterback. The Colts, please. Uh, no. College football playoff last week we talked about we are just happy Florida State wasn't in because of our selfish viewing, yep, right? Yep. Let's do the same thing here in the AFC. The three wildcard teams you want to see just to make the most compelling matchups. Well, your Broncos, I know, are going to be one. For, yeah, and, and it also, for me, because they're, they're fun to watch. They are. Uh, they're better than the Steelers, the Colts. They're better than I thought by, by a long ways. I think the Steelers and Colts are the easiest two to cross Eliminate them. Yeah, get rid of them. The and Texans, who are you going to put in? The Bills? It would be Buffalo. Yes. Yeah. Would you put in the Bengals with Jake Browning? I think I would. I think I would too. And I think it'd be the Broncos. I think those would be yeah. the three wild card teams that I'd want to see and in there. Right now they are nine, ten, and eleven. And the Browns would be probably the fourth team. Joe Flacco. I told you last week. He I watched a little well. bit of that Browns game. Played well. He has been good for five years. Mm-hmm. How does I don't know. I cannot wrap my mind around. That's an elite defense. Yes, it is. At home. There were a lot of uh, professional betters. Um, well, that thing that Mike Palm did, that panel that he talks about mm-hmm. all the time, uh, there was a bunch of pros on that, um, on, on that panel. And they were all over the Cleveland Browns back in August. Says, don't sleep on the Browns. And you open up your app and they say, 25 to 1, really? Okay. <laughs> um, but they lose Watson. DTR is not ready yet. Here mm-hmm. comes Joe Flacco. What year did he, would they win this? Was it, oh, it was it, you know what it was? It was 2000 and I was in Vegas. 13? Okay. I think it was 2013 or 14. 13. Let's 13. see. 2000. Da, da, da. The one against the Niners, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yes, February of 2013, so the 2012 season. 49ers were favored by three in that one. Joe Flacco. <laughs> How he's doing this? I don't get it. I saw him with the Jets last year. Not good. Saw him with the, well, you saw him with the Broncos, right? In a diminished I forgot role in 2019. About it, honestly, yeah. yeah, you're right. Elite? Eh, not so elite. No, got a Super Bowl ring. Got a Super and Bowl he's ring. He's got a team right now that is 
transitioning or heading rather to a, a playoff berth. They're the five seed as of today at eight and five. They're going to get in. We'll take a timeout. Mr. Monday night got a double dip in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to play in both? I, uh, we heard earlier that he's leaning towards only one play. We'll hear that next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. If you have a low interest rate on your property and a lower tolerance for tenants, then you have two choices. Sell it and say goodbye to a great investment or keep it. Hold on to that rate and let the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse manage it for you. Why hire Renner's Warehouse? Because we free you to do the things you love, like take a vacation, have dinner with your family, or acquire more properties to achieve more financial independence. You already know that renting delivers cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits. Renner's Warehouse also frees you from finding tenants, collecting rent, and handling those annoying 3 a.m. maintenance calls. The choice is yours. Sell your property, keep DIYing everything, or hire Renner's Warehouse to get the best of all worlds. You're free to cancel within 90 days and even get your management fees back. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis or call 515-528-44.com. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-EVENT-CENTER. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. With you here until, well, it's our final segment. Murph and Andy follow us in here. Uh, the drive with Heather and Sean back together today from 3 until 6. And I believe uh, the Cyclone Coaches Show is normally a Monday night affair. Are they going tonight? Do you have any idea? Uh, you would know better than me. All right, You though. keep up abreast of the whole situation much better than I do. Uh, missed you at the KXNO Christmas party on uh, When Friday was night. it? Friday night. How was it? Well, I found out about it myself at 2.58 as I was filling in for Heather. <laughs> and Keith goes, going to see you tonight? I didn't know what he was talking about. Uh-huh. We were both invited. I did look back. Well, we're not in the company email. Right. No, it was a text message oh, that was it? Okay. each of us received. All right. It was on the day before Thanksgiving. You remember how sick I was that day? I went home oh, and slept. I do remember that, yes. That's when it was sent uh, that's when I went home and slept, and I look back at it. I still have no recollection of the actual text. I mean, that's how out of it I was. But yeah. well, everybody asked, "Where's Ken?" <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> they knew better. Than everybody knows at this point. It was fun though. Good, Good to see. Everybody. What time? What time did you last till? Oh, I was. I just stopped it because didn't have daycare because oh, didn't sure. know about it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, just stopped over there for about an hour or so and said hi to everybody. Good. Talk some, talk some gambling with my young protege over here, Caleb. <laughs> He's got the fever. Doesn't he does. He? he really does. He's got the itch. This notebook that he carries. Uh huh. We shall see. Well, it's. Uh, I'm not sure that Mr. Monday Night was on the text chain or not, uh, but uh, anxious to hear which of the two games is uh, he's leaning towards. Mr. Monday Night's got one play tonight. It is the New York Football Giants. Boy, everybody likes the Giants. Hmm. That worries me. It does feel that way. It does. And when I put the, I, I had this play in. 
this was one of my first NFL plays of the week. I think it was like Tuesday. Really? Yeah. You're getting what, six? Six and a half is when I put it in. I think there's pretty much, in fact, now that you say that, I want to take a look at the board right now because, yeah, this thing initially, I thought we were going to get maybe to seven, and then I started to see the same thing. A lot of people on there. Six, six, it is six across the board. Consensus six, Circa six, uh, South Point six, DraftKings, Caesars, all sixes. You're not going to get it probably even that hook anymore. Miami against Tennessee. I can't lay two touchdowns. That's a lot of points. Two touchdowns. That's a lot of points. It very well could end up 31-10, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be surprised, but I'm still, I want to see more from this Miami team. Second seed as we sit here today. Yeah. Had a call during the break. Why are you guys killing the Colts? Colts are oh, in the plan. It's just Gardner Minshew, I think, and it's the Jonathan Taylor. He was out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't play. They got some players. I'll give them that. They got some dudes. Right. They got some dudes. Anyways, we shall see. Well, uh, that's the play tonight. Did you? I was shocked at this. I was just. Uh, uh, this is from ESPN mm-hmm. uh, when I was looking at the schedule. The get-in price for a Monday night game. Okay, it's New Jersey. It's not New York. Right. But it's still the New York Football Giant. Thirty-six bucks seems high. <laughs> okay, I was looking at it the other way. Um, Miami game getting. Would you price pay thirty six bucks to go to that game? No, tonight? I probably wouldn't. I watch it on TV. But yeah. Packer fans are. I mean, Packer fans travel. They do. Yeah, they already got their tickets. They probably did. Yeah, the Duckets are already in hand. They don't need to worry. And they about were that. in. Weren't they in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago? Sure, they yeah. were. So maybe their travel funds. Let's are... see, Vegas or New mm. Jersey in December? What would be your choice, yeah, Ken Miller? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think well. Right, I'm going west. (laughs) Going west. We're going out of here. Make way for Murph and Andy. They slide in here next. Uh, Then the drive with Heather and Sean from 3 until 6, of course, every day. Local programming-wise starts at 6 a.m. with a morning rush. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I weekdays from 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.